are, are really the stereotypical masculine types. But underneath, there's some there's some really big hearts in some of them. But there's also a lot of fear. Mm-hmm. There's also a tremendous amount of fear that uh, that exists with the idea or thought of you know revealing who you really are or, or telling someone how you really feel, whether it's about yourself or about your your spouse or. What's up, everybody? It's the Inspired Creativity Podcast. I'm Joe Longo. This week, I'm talking with one of my fellow classmates, cohorts, if you will, Trey Ramsey. If you know I've been talking about it, this is not sponsored at all, but I am going to give them a plug. I have been enrolled in Journey Coaching with John Kim for the past 10-ish weeks. There's about 10 more weeks to go. I'm becoming a certified life coach, a transformational coach, doing all of that fun stuff. And in class, it's filled with a bunch of amazing people. And I'm going to have more of my classmates on throughout the year. But Trey wrote an amazing blog post a couple of weeks ago that's titled Men Don't Talk About Such Things. And I read it, and I've been wanting to connect with Trey outside of the classroom environment and get to know him a little bit better and hear his story. He's an ex-cop. He's a big guy with a big heart. And I thought it would be fun to talk with him. You know, being on this mission to try to help men as well and try to push the message that it is okay for men to talk about such things, that it is okay for men to express their feelings, it is okay for men to have feelings. It's okay. So after I read Trey's blog post, which will be in the show notes, please go read it. It is so good. I thought we should talk. We should get you on the podcast and share your story, talk about the blog post, and hopefully it will help some people listening. So I know because of the analytics, most of the people that listen are female. Thank you, ladies, for listening. So when you hear this episode, share it with your sons, share it with your boyfriends, share it with your husbands, share it with your dad, with your brothers, share it with the men in your life. Along with that, I am in this coaching program. I am coaching people. I'm doing transformational coaching. If you want to set up a free coaching session with me, a discovery call, if you've been interested in going deeper and looking within yourself and making positive, lasting change in your life, reach out, send me a message, and let's set up a discovery call to see if we may work well together. I'm also... Excuse me. I'm also starting a six-week program. It was 12 weeks. Now it's six weeks. I'm trying to make it really accessible for people. It's going to be all video-based, all online, with private Facebook groups, Facebook Lives, all that good stuff. That is actually ready to roll. We are starting February 17th. All the information to register will be out really soon, within the next couple of days. I'm working on it all today. If you want to be part of that, it'll be a six-week group coaching process. It's a lot of fun. Be on the lookout for that. You'll be able to get all of the information for all of these things on my website at inspirecreatemanifest.com. So if you're interested in individual coaching or the group coaching six-week session, head to my website, inspirecreatemanifest.com. 
Also on the website, you can find all of my yoga teaching information, all of the workshops that are happening, and there are a lot of them. I'm really diving into teaching this year, to teaching more workshops, and the beginning of the year has been awesome. There's pretty much workshops happening just about every week, so head to the website, inspirecreatemanifest.com, click on public workshops, come join me for a workshop. They're all Kundalini-based workshops, but you don't need any experience. It is absolutely accessible for everybody, and it's a lot of fun. With all of that information, I'm going to be quiet, keeping these intros nice and short since I'll be back on Sunday with a coffee talk. Until then, kick back, listen to this super fun conversation with Trey Ramsey, and be sure to follow Trey on Instagram at the.trey.ramsey. And him and his wife, Amy, have a coaching business that is called Evolve Coaching. So check those guys out. They are an amazing couple. They're doing amazing things. Our world is a better place because of them. Now, kick back and enjoy the conversation. Also, if you enjoy anything Trey and I talk about, please, like I said, share it with your friends, put it in your Instagram stories, like and subscribe to the podcast, leave a review. It really, really, really would mean the world to me, and it really helps get the podcast out in front of more people. Really just trying to help people, trying to wake people up. So if you can help me, I would be forever grateful. Thank you. Now, enjoy the episode with Trey. What's up, everybody? I'm Joe Longo. This is the Inspired Creativity Podcast. I'm so excited for today's episode. I'm talking with my fellow cohort and classmate, Trey Ramsey. We are in uh, the journey coaching training together. That's how I met Trey. And from the beginning of, of class, I think we're about halfway through. Are we halfway through? Yeah, about halfway through. It's coming up, I think, about mid-March or so. When yeah. We'll finish. So... I was very intrigued by Trey because, and Trey, Trey will will probably talk about this. He's he's a manly man. He, um, <laughs> he, you know, like I'm used to going into these things and typically being like one of maybe like one or two men. And I was really surprised when I saw you because you are, you know, like you're. How do you say uh, a six three bald goateed tattooed man? Uh, <laughs> And yes, definitely. I've, I've been, as my wife has often described it, as, as uber masculine, whatever the hell that means. Uber masculine. <laughs> and one of the things that I picked up on right away, um, you know, you do have this uber masculine appearance. And then as I start following you and your wife, Amy, who, and it's great, everybody, because they are in the training together. And seriously, they're super fucking cute. <laughs> oh, and you. one thank of the you, things Jim. that I've really enjoyed is the like how you post and how you have been so open with your love for Amy. And oh, well, thank you. A lot of men don't do that. At least I haven't noticed a lot of men doing that. And I really, really 
loved seeing that. That you were just, you know, the love that you would openly put out. I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. That's the way this should be. Like, if you're going to be with somebody, you should love the hell out of them and not be afraid to love the hell out of them or show it. And it's something that the world needs to see more of. And knowing that, you know, being... You can look uber masculine and still be sensitive and sweet and caring and kind. And that was really one of the first things that I was like, I, I want to connect with you more and talk because you have that presence about you, that you are this strong man, but you, you're also, and I'm sorry for saying it this way, but you're a fucking teddy bear. <laughs> Well, I appreciate that, Joe. It, it, you know, it's, it's it's certainly a term that I've I've heard before from my my wife Amy. Um, you know, with respect to to men and, and masculinity and, and the stereotypes that are out there, you're absolutely right. the The appearances that we have that we give off are are not always indicative, you know, of what's underneath. And the problem that that a lot of men have, especially I mean, I, mean, I was a cop for 14 years. Um, a lot of type A personalities, masculine types in that role. Uh, and my career path, rather eclectic career path, has led me to the oil field. And I held a position with an oil field company. So the type of men that I am used to being around, interacting with, that come from my circles, are, are really the stereotypical masculine types. But underneath, there's some, there's some really big hearts in some of them. But there's also a lot of fear. There's also a tremendous amount of fear that uh, that exists with the idea or thought of, you know, revealing who you really are or, or telling someone how you really feel, whether it's about yourself or about your, your spouse or, or whoever it might be or whatever the subject might be. There's just, and I, th I think we need to change that. I think we need to change that and we need to get some dialogue going um, amongst this particular group, if you will. Yeah, I'm 100% with you right there. And with the idea that it is, it's okay. And we should be talking. We should be communicating and expressing our feelings. And not in just the sense that if your sports team loses, it's okay to cry. Like, it's okay to cry <laughs> whenever those emotions happen. And if we let those emotions flow freely, we'll be much happier you know, as as a species, all of us, both men and women, if we can all just, you know, function in that way. Um, well, it's it's true. You know, we and that's the reason, you know, when I talk about starting dialogue and when I talk about men opening up and being authentic, it, it's it's not for the sake of the collective per se, which is definitely something we should all care about and want to to improve. But it, it's just so freeing. It is so freeing for that for us to just open up and live as who we are, and not have to walk around constantly looking around us, worried that someone might have gotten a glimpse into who we are and, and, and how we might really feel or what we might really think about something. Um, it, it's just mind-boggling to me because I lived in that world for so many years. How you know constraining and how how it just boxes you in and never lets you excel never lets you go beyond the constraints you've put on yourself or that the stereotype that is put on put on you and it's really sad 
to see. Then that's what I really want men to understand is that it's okay. You can be a badass. You can be a badass in the gym. You can be a badass in the field. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I love to shoot. I was a cop 14 years. Um, I love to go out on the range and, and I'm pretty good at what I do, but I also don't have a problem in the world writing a public post about how much I love my wife and how much she absolutely means to me and the joy that she brings me and the way that she has held space for me that has allowed me to open up a lot and be, you know, be who I am. So you can do all those things. You can cuss, spit, chew, fly, die, whatever it is, whatever your thing is. There's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely nothing wrong with it. But it's also equally okay to say, I love you, Joe. I think you're a hell of a guy. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. And, and you'd be surprised at how many people just, that's just not within them right now. They just don't have the, they have too much fear to yeah. let something like that out. Exactly. So. Exactly. It's part of the, <clears throat> excuse me, this style of, of yoga that I teach, Kundalini. Um, we, there's a mantra that, that we use that's Sat Nam. And Sat Nam means truth is my identity. And really, it's like, can you be your most authentic self? And that is in every aspect of your life. Like we should always be our most authentic self. How can I show up today and be fully myself? Because if you're not being your most authentic self, like what, what's the purpose of this? Because then you are, you're walking around and it's like, okay, so I'm going to show up for this group of friends and I'm going to be this personality. I'm going to show up for this group of friends and be this personality like that in my mind that's just too much work i don't want to do that i just want to show up and be like this is me this is all of me you can like it you can hate it whatever but i am going to continually showing up to show up and be myself um in the well, way there are so many sorry oh no it's okay i was gonna say how john kim says do you hold up like, do you hold up? Are you that same person everywhere you put yourself? And that's, I think that's what it ultimately comes down to. Like, do you want to hold up? And it in holding up, can you be emotional? Can you be vulnerable? Can you be present for the people in your life? I think you're absolutely right. Um, it is, it is exhausting. It was for me. It was absolutely exhausting. I remember... Um, growing up and being a young man in my 20s and being a police officer in, in North Texas for a large suburb of Dallas Fort Worth and, you know, really fitting into that world. I loved that job. I loved uh, the people that I worked with. Um, I learned a lot from it. But there were stereotypes, you know, of the typical masculine male, the type A personality, the, the, the alpha male, the lone wolf types, you know, and, and I never really felt as though I 100% fit in with that group. Mm -hmm. So there were a lot of, a lot of things I, I just went along. I just, you know, in respect, you know, social activities, cops into socialize together cops and, and uh, even believe it or not, a few firefighters joined us sometime. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it just, you, I can just remember distinctly feeling like I've never 100% fit in in some ways. And, to have the, it's exhausting as you said it's exhausting it takes a lot of energy to walk around all day and not live in your authentic self 
And you also touched on another thing I think is really interesting, especially it was one of the reasons I really wanted to come on and talk with you. Joe, uh, as you listeners know, uh, he's very much into what we call the woo. <laughs> he is into to, to, to yoga and meditation and and really exploring the benefits and the effects of those uh, those disciplines, you know, in, in, on our bodies, on our minds, and on our lives. And I am so not into a lot of that. <laughs> I, I am so not into a lot of that. But but really, I mean, I, I get my I get into my flow like in the gym, and you know, and not that you can't cross over and if you're into meditation or yoga you can't go to the gym that's not what i'm saying i'm just saying that that is where i can clear my mind and reset my body you know that's where i get into my flow so a lot of the concepts i believe uh in terms of the things that the disciplines that joe follows and he studies and the things that i do and that probably a lot of men do are very very similar although we would never want to admit it as real men right (laughs) meditation what the hell is meditation? Well, I'm sitting around and do nothing for you know an hour, sitting around staring at the wall. What the fuck is that? Right, uh, right. But I, mean, I, I don't mean to cut you off, but I think this is great because either before I don't know if we, you mentioned it when we were actually recording how you love to shoot, mm-hmm. and when you're shooting at the range, you need a single point of focus, right? Yes, and that's what it is. You're shooting, and you've got a single point of focus, and that's all meditation is. It's a single point of focus. Where are you putting your focus? And that allows that space. And I think people confuse this whole idea of meditation as I need to sit down and I need to ohm and I need to stop my mind. But really, that isn't it at all. It's just getting that single point of focus. So it is. It's finding where you can get that single pointed focus to come into that flow. And I feel so bad because I cut you off. Sorry. No, 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 not at all. I think I was just, you know, listening to what you're saying. I think, I think you're right. And, and I can relate what you're saying to my experiences on the range. I can relate what you're saying to my experiences in the gym. You know, when I walk in the gym to, to live, most, all the world's problems just stay at the door. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I go in there and it's all about me and that's my time and, and I can focus on my body and what I'm doing. And I would imagine, though I've never studied, that in yoga and in meditation, like you just say, it's it's the same concept, just applied in a, in a very different way. But so many people, so many guys would look at those disciplines and because they don't understand and because their fear of being able to actually look at anything critically and consider an opinion other than one that they have formulated through incorrect thinking, or not incorrect thinking, but through the experiences that they've had, or fear of looking at it in any other way that, that their stereotype doesn't allow, uh, they just they won't do that, or they'll, they'll laugh it off, or they'll, they'll make fun of it. You know, we make fun of things that we don't understand. A lot of people do a lot of times, and, mm-hmm. and it's so unfortunate. It's so unfortunate because that doesn't happen just in terms of, you know, those disciplines. It happens a lot of things in our life because, you know, we, I, I, I'm a man. So therefore I must think this way. And I think a lot of guys out there do that. And if I don't think this way, and if I don't stay within this box, if I don't stay within the structure that this, I don't, I, you know, I get outside of that, I lose who I am. And that's scary. 
that's scary for a lot of you don't you don't do that but you don't know that that's what you believe right so you stay stay put and it is it has a lot to do with like you know our upbringing and just the way it has been you know like men are supposed to go out get a job take care of their family life is supposed to be hard and suck and then if you're (laughs) lucky maybe you can retire but until exactly. then, life is supposed to suck, pretty much. It's, it's a bloody battle for survival. And right. don't let anybody tell you different. You know, it's just, it's this war that you're supposed to go out and fight. And, and wow, what a, I don't know about you, but some days I, I don't fucking feel like getting up and fighting a war. Right, <laughs> you exactly. Know I, mean? I, I do <laughs> really? not want to do that either. I am a, a big believer in uh, the idea <laughs> that, you know, we've, and we've won the lottery of life, you know, like we, we have this life and we should be enjoying it. Like we shouldn't be, it doesn't have to be a struggle. Like, it doesn't have to be that way. Like, fuck, I got to go work in the coal mines. And sure, you know, 50 years ago, it did suck because you had to go work in the coal mines. But as everything evolves, we need to, you know, use the tools that we have in the best way. And we don't have, like, life doesn't have to suck anymore. (laughs) No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. And, And the key to that is your mindset. I mean, you know, we has been a tendency for a lot of us is to look to things outside of ourselves, to external circumstances or external situations. And we tend to blame those uh, circumstances or situations on whatever it is that we perceive as wrong in our life. And, you know, if, if you're a coal miner and you're having to work down in the bottom of a coal mine, that's an external situation. Mm-hmm. And you can get up every day and hate that and hate your life or you can look within and develop an attitude or a mindset that is contrary to that where you're not full of hate where you're not full of of anger or frustration i'm not saying you got to enjoy going down and working in the coal mines every day i'm saying that your mindset has a lot to do with the quality of life that you lead because it all begins and ends within us Right, you know, it's not outside of us. There, I wish I um, remembered where I heard this study on Jay Shetty's podcast, uh, but I don't remember where the study came from. But they asked a group of men and women, "Would you rather sit quietly for fifteen minutes or receive an electric shock?" Sixty-five percent of men chose to receive the electric shock than to sit quietly with themselves for 15 minutes. Well, I don't know that I'd be any different, to be honest with you. <laughs> I mean, just to be totally transparent. <laughs> I mean, to feel, to want to feel the pain instead of just to sit quietly with yourself. <laughs> I know, right? It's, right. you know, it's just, you know, kind of where we are. And I, I totally feel things are changing. I mean, obviously, we're having this conversation now. Like, things are changing, but we, as both men and women, have to realize that, like you're saying, everything is inside of us. All of our answers are inside of us. Everything we need is inside of us. If we can allow ourselves to move past the fear of looking inside of us. Mm, mm, and that's a, that's a big fear. You know, when, once you turn that eye mm-hmm. inward, 
and once you start to look within it 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 really it creates accountability and responsibility uh that a lot of people are very averse to um because now all of a sudden the, the, with the answers and the problems lying within ourselves and what's realizing that we have control over those things um now all of a sudden we're responsible for our lives and we're responsible for the quality of our lives and we're, we're just really averse to that it seems a lot of people are just really averse to there's a lot of fear there right um when it comes to taking accountability and responsibility for our lives so i, I understand bad things happen bad things happen all the time and, and um it's it's part of it but ultimately where we end up and the life that we live is is our sole responsibility you know and and no one and no one else's no one else's yeah i'm a i'm a big believer in that and the whole idea of free will we have free will if you don't like something you can change it and that change most likely will not be easy or fun but exactly you you, hit a huge point there's (laughs) this world this culture that we've created is so averse to pain and discomfort and Mm -hmm. what we've done is we've 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 started to use pain as a gauge for progress right so if if we're feeling pain we're assuming that we're not making progress in our lives or we're not growing or developing in some way because pain hurts however if we're feeling pleasure or the absence of pain, we assume that we, we equate that to making progress or moving forward. And that's not necessarily the case. And I have found in my life that uh, anytime you want to make a lasting change in any area of your life, there are going to be days it just sucks. Yeah. It's drudgery. <laughs> it hurts. Uh, breaking old thought patterns, old behavior patterns that don't serve you hurts. And you, we need to be prepared for that, but yet so many seem to be so averse. They'd rather live with their their pain daily for the rest of their lives than suffer for a period of time in order to change whatever habit or thought pattern is uh, is keeping them from moving forward. And that's something we need to really get out there. I think you know we can absolutely change it. It's going I say I say it takes three things: time, effort, and tears. Uh-huh. And and don't let, don't let anybody tell you different. Yeah, you know, it's, it's just there's just days it's going to hurt. And that's just the truth. Yeah. So. But then once you get past it, it's like, you know, when you see that thing that scares you and then you can look that fear in the face and get past it, you're going to you're going to have change. You're going to have good change. And I'm not saying stare, stare a lion in the face, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but when we face our fears and realize that we can get past them, but getting past them, you know, there might be some tears. It might scare the shit out of us, but that's how we're going to grow. And you're never going to grow or expand if you can't look those fears in the face and take them, you know, and go at them. I, I think it, it's a, a lack of understanding of fear. It's a lack of understanding of, of what that really represents fear and failure are two of the absolute best teachers we will ever have mm-hmm. in this life and if we understand that if we can when we face those fears we see them for what they are fear is hardwired into our dna it is a part of you know the, the, the fight or flight uh, response the stress response and and 
millions of years of evolution has programmed that into us. And there's a saying that is plastered on just about every self-help meme out there, or a lot of them, that talks about everything you've ever wanted is on the other side of fear. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I that's never set well with me because I don't believe fear ever leaves us. It's a part of who we are. And what we fail to do is to understand the fear. Why are we afraid? What is it we're exactly afraid of? And what can I learn from this fear? And we don't put it in the proper context so that we can move forward with it. Mm-hmm. I talk to a lot of people and, and, you know, public speaking. Public speaking is a very big fear that a lot of people have. They don't like to get up in front of groups and talk. And any public speaker of note who has been in front of groups of 10 or groups of 10,000 will tell you every time they step on that stage, there's a butterfly feeling. Every time they walk out there, before they walk out, there's that little little twinge of, you know, what if I fall on my face? You know, there's these things. The fear is always present. But understanding it and embracing it as a teacher and get, taking it from what we can learn, mitigating it as much as we possibly can, of course, and moving forward with it is, is a way to, to serve us. And suppose, because what happens when we tell people that everything you ever want is on the other side of fear, they never get on the other side of fear. So what happens is it's like, well, shit, I must not be good enough. I must be less than because somehow I can't just, I just can't get past this fear. Mm, so, that. And, and so it ends up being self-defeating, right? And they say, well, if there's something, there's something wrong with me, I must be broken somehow because I can't get past the fear and somehow these other people are ever able to. I think it's the other people taking a hard look at it, understand it for what it is right. and move forward with it and in spite of it. You know? Right. And I think that if you're not feeling, I mean, I love getting up in front of people and talking. I love it. I'm that kind of person. Um, mm-hmm. But every time I have to do it, I do have that little butterfly. Like I have that little like, oh, shit. And it wouldn't be, I don't think it would be normal if I didn't have that feeling, you know, like if I don't, if I just go without that, like little fear, I need that fear to keep, yes. to keep me in check to be like, mm, you got to, this, you know, <laughs> to, it, it focuses you. It can, it can help focus you if you allow it, right. You know, it can, it can ground you to some degree if you allow it and you know police work it's going hand in hand with what you're just saying um any any veteran cop will tell you i don't want to be around some some idiot rookie who's unafraid uh-huh. i don't want to go into a building at 2 a.m with some guy next to me to find a bad guy that we know is hiding in there with some some yahoo who uh is, is, is i'm not afraid i'm not afraid because you know what happens when they when the first time they really do become afraid, they don't know what to do and they don't know how to handle it, mm-hmm. and they fall apart. Right. So you give me the people that know fear and and acknowledge fear and understand it for what it is and use it to ground them or propel them forward. So nice this is awesome let's because we're kind of all over the place Um, yeah let's uh so one of the reasons another reason that i wanted to have trey on trey recently wrote a great blog post about what was the title of it men things men should say men things men 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 don't talk about such things men don't talk about such things and i will share it in the show notes because it is great And it's really all about, you know, the stuff that we're talking about and how there's times in our lives, you know, like sometimes men get beat up. 
and not by other men but just from life um from girlfriends wives ex-wives friends you know and we need to be able to say ouch that hurt and you know reading that there was so much in that blog post that I connected with from experiences that I that I've had in my life both as a young man a young man in junior high like having a girlfriend that repeatedly called me dumb and stupid that stuck with me you know and throughout my Mm -hmm. adult life like I still have this fear when I write something I'll send it to like eight people and be like could you read this could you read this could you make sure like it it makes sense and everyone's like yeah it's great like what's the problem like I don't know I just have this fear that I'm stupid you know because it was hammered into me programmed into beaten into you yeah you know and and you're right you know they're they're Especially when it comes to our relationships, you know, I, I was married for 20 years uh, to uh, a woman that, that I loved dearly. And it was a, for the first half of our marriage. It was it was there were a lot of great times and great memories. I have two kids with her that I'm extremely proud of that are awesome. Um, but starting about the last 10 years or so of our marriage, uh, alcoholism became in, became a factor. And it was something that she struggled with and wrestled with until it reached the point that our home life was completely dysfunctional. And it was insidious how it started. Uh, It starts off slow. You have one or two incidents, you know, maybe one or two blackout drinking incidents a year. And there's enough time and distance in between those that you can chalk them off to being isolated incidents, you know, write them off and, and, you want to keep that normalcy. So as we progressed and, and, and things got worse slowly over time, the the approach that I took uh, was to keep a sense of normalcy as much as I could. And you just get into this habit of trying to cover up and protect and and keep things peaceful at home. And there's a lot of mistakes I made. There's anybody will tell you that's an expert or knows anything about addiction. A lot of the things I'm saying are like, whoop, that was the fucking wrong thing to do. It was absolutely the <laughs> wrong thing to do. But I had no idea at the time, you know. Right. So as, as things wound down closer, about the last three years was bad. The last year was absolute hell. Absolute hell. And there were times, uh, at least two specific occasions I can recall. The third one I'm a little fuzzy on because so much happened. But I know that at one point at like 2 or 3 in the morning, I'm dead asleep. And my wife, I wakened her on top of me, yelling at me, punching me, slapping. Fuck you, fuck you, fucking asshole. Right? And I'm I'm dead asleep, and she's drunk out of her mind. Mm -hmm. And I just I throw her on the other side of the bed. And I wrap my arms around her and hold her to keep her from flailing and kicking. And she continues to, to yell and into her pillow and sob and, you know, pass on back out. And, it you know, the feelings, if we, I can talk about that and you can go, wow, that's, that's certainly uh, a shocking story. But it, what we don't talk about is men and how that made me feel and what uh-huh. they did to me. And, and those are the things that, I, I think we should talk about, it. and that's where I have the heart of the article. We uh, and I have a book coming out this year, which really goes into some detail about how it may feel. But it's the impact that that has, mm-hmm. the effects that it has on our life that we don't even we're not even aware of at the time. And then the later, as time goes by, how that affects us. And I remember feeling, you know, sadness and anger and frustration and and just hopelessness in those situations because we had tried so many times to to get her into treatment and got her close a couple of times, only to have her, have her back out. 
ultimately incidents like that, uh, that type where the, the home life became unsafe uh, for the kids mm-hmm. and just, I can deal with addiction and alcoholism. We could have gotten help for that, but she just refused to acknowledge she had a problem. Right. Absolutely refused. And, and that is, it just deteriorated to the point where we, it was an untenable situation and, and it had to be dissolved. And that was, but, but once that was dissolved, there was a host of emotions. You know, I remember standing Joe in, in the middle of the house one Saturday morning, my wife's parents had come with a moving truck. My wife, after telling her that I was filing for divorce, decided she was going to pack all her things and move to uh, the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. And she has family, had a sister out there. And I'm standing there in the living room and helping my in-laws, who are dear people, along with my kids, if you can imagine, two children having to pack and load their mother into a moving truck so she can move over 2,000 miles away. The, 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 their experience, I can't even begin to imagine what that was like for them mm-hmm. at the time. But I'm standing there in the midst of this, and as this morning progresses, my wife keeps disappearing into the closet. And I know why she's going in there, because she's drinking a vodka bottle that she keeps in there. Uh-huh. And she proceeds to just get absolutely hammered. And she's sobbing and she's stumbling around and touching things and and everyone else is just trying to work and get get this done. And I'm just standing there in the midst of all this and I feel like an absolute failure, an absolute, utter, complete failure as a father, as a husband, as a man, as a human being. I it, it was an overwhelming feeling. And I also felt on the flip side of that coin, that I absolutely could not show my kids how I felt. Mm. I absolutely could not let them know that because if I did, that would somehow exacerbate the pain or fear that they were living through in that moment. Right. I felt that somehow if I let on that, I was weak and, and, uh, in my mind, I tell myself, if I show that I'm weak and not, not projecting an image of strength during this very difficult time, it's going to somehow make them more afraid or hurt them. Wrong, 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 <laughs> wrong. You know, therapy has taught me that. <laughs> okay. Right, right. But yeah, absolutely. It, it's it's these things that we go through and these relationships that we have, and whether it's a uh, a relationship in your junior high years with someone who is abusive, um, you know, it can affect the ripple effect of that can be huge. Uh, I didn't realize at the time as I was going through all this, when you're in the midst of the pain and when you're in the midst of the dysfunction, it's very hard to see, number one, the level that the dysfunction has reached, and number two, the effect that it's really having on you. And once I was clear of it, once I was separated from it, I I look back on it, I'm like, what in the hell? I should have left three years ago. I mean, it just got so, I mean, absolutely out of here. She took a shot at me one night, took a shot at me with my own service pistol. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just the stuff that you look back on and you go like, what were you thinking? And at the time I'm thinking, you know, don't want to break up the kid's home. That was a big driver for me. I don't want to destroy the kid's home. And, and there are a lot of things I'll go into in the, in the, in the book, but um, suffice to say that we have got to talk about these feelings. And when someone hurts us, we have got to be able to say that hurt us instead of posturing or feeling that we need to project strength because trauma and pain and hurt that we experience like that in our lives, we can stuff it down deep and bury it as much as we can. 
But there is going to come a point that trauma is going to demand to be dealt with. It is absolutely going to demand it. And there's no way around it in our lives. And you would much rather get ahead of it and, and, and have these conversations on your terms as to, opposed to waking up like my beautiful wife one day. She, she, uh, she suffered sexual abuse at the hands of a brother at a very young age. Mm-hmm. And it stopped. It stopped when she became a young teenager. But it wasn't until many, and she never told anyone, it wasn't until many years later when her daughter turned seven, the age at which this started for Amy, Amy ended up in the floor, unable to move, in a complete breakdown, and she had no idea why. Mm. And, it, it, and that started her, her breakthrough and her recovery uh, process there, which is her, her story. It's, a, it's an incredible story, um, and, and it's, it's really amazing what she's walked through. But the point being, that trauma demanded to be dealt with. Yeah. And the and my pain and trauma that I suffered uh, from numerous incidents and it, you know I, it's like I told you when you get told every day in your life by someone who is yelling and crying and screaming at you that you're a piece of shit that you're worthless that you're the reason for their pain that you're the reason that their life sucks so much and this was the person that you raised your kids with, that you stood at the altar with, you start to really question yourself. And you start to ask yourself, well, maybe that is me. Maybe am I really like that? Could I really be at fault here? What role do I have to play in this? And you start to create that narrative in your head, that story, and, and you start to believe it. And once you repeat that story enough in your head, it becomes your truth. And once it becomes your truth, it's very, very, very difficult to unseat and go back and rewrite. And I think a lot of men end up in those situations a lot more than they would like to admit and they end up instead of going and talking to somebody about it they end up in the bar or they end up in the subsequent relationship becoming you know an abusive partner Mm -hmm. to someone because they're punishing their their new partner for the sins of of the past right their partners and and so i think there's a lot of that that goes on because we as men we just we don't talk about such things you know talk about it Right. Mm-hmm. And right. that's just not it's not a manly thing to do. So, yeah, I know. And, but, you know, some like experiences then uh, later in life, very similar. You know, I mean, no, there were no gunshots fired, thank God. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I was in kind of that same situation and it, asking myself the question of like, did I do something? Was there something mm. that I did that triggered this action in that person? Mm, you know and i was more in that space instead of being in the space of ouch this hurts you know and uh, actually addressing the hurt that it caused me i was in the space of did i do something what did i do what could have happened did i say something one day that like triggered something that caused this to happen and it wasn't until you know a couple years later that it was like Fuck, you need to address the actual hurt that you felt. You know, stop asking, like, what you could have done differently or did you do something to trigger this and actually start addressing the pain that it caused you. And then once I started doing that, then I was actually able to start moving, you know, forward and forgiving myself of, you know, not addressing and acknowledging my hurt 
And I think a lot of it was just the subconscious. Oh, I'm a man. I must have done something. Mm, I, must I was going to ask something, you know, not just sitting with the, oh, this fucking hurts. It, it It's amazing that that story and, and the fact that you didn't hold space for yourself so to speak you didn't give yourself the space to hurt and and you go right to finding the solution because that's what we are we're problem solvers mm -hmm. right you bring me a problem i'm going to give you a solution if you don't if you don't want a solution don't bring me the fucking problem right <laughs> but but that's our that's our instinct that's our go-to and i have learned uh in in I keep talking about my wife because she's absolutely incredible. Um, and she's one of the most self-aware people I've ever met, uh, that sometimes she just wants to talk about something. She wants to get it out, want to let it out. And, and then, and that's okay. And I don't have to fix everything that she does, but we don't, we don't talk about the hurt. We talk about the solution. We look inside for the solution, but we don't look inside of the pain. Right. And, and, and we want to bury that and hide it or ignore it. And maybe not even consciously. Maybe one of something you intentionally, you know, it hurt, but you know what? I, I, I'm a man. I don't want to talk about it. There's probably some element of that, but there's probably more of an interest or, or probably a considerable interest in finding a solution. What went wrong? Where did it go wrong? And, and even how can we fix it? Which you can't. Right. Yeah. Right. But it's really, really interesting how, how we don't, we, we go right to the solution instead of looking at the effect. And if we don't take time to consider the effect, if we don't ask ourselves those questions, we can ask ourselves, what, what did I do wrong? Or what could I have done better? But if we don't ask ourselves, did that hurt me? How did that hurt me? How do I feel about that? And then eventually those questions are, are going to surface in one form or another if we don't. Right. Depending on the severity. So. And uh, it's interesting because what, <laughs> what I found, it was, it was like... Um, in not addressing it was as if here's a little woo for you as if the universe presented the same story with a different angle with the next relationship so from alcoholic to eating disorder and again it was like it didn't happen at first it was like this it slowly rolled in and then as it rolled in when it came to light it was like oh, again those same questions that I asked the first time what did I do? Mm. What, what could I have done differently? And then it was literally after that, that second time that I actually pulled back and looked at both of them, like looked at both of those experiences and was like, fuck, you're not looking at yourself at all. You know, like mm -hmm. I, I, I can, like I went that same route. Like, what did I do? What did I do? What well, I must've done something. And then I like finally caught myself. I was like, oh no, wait a minute, Joe. Like, this, this is, this is like again the universe saying you didn't learn the lesson that you were supposed to learn. Pay attention, <laughs> pay attention this time, so, you, so yeah. you don't let it happen again. No, you know what I mean. Like it was, but it gave me that self awareness to start looking at myself and looking inward instead of saying what could I have done. Well, and and what a gift it gave you, right? I mean, because again with everything beginning and ending within mm -hmm. if you if you know that you can save yourself and spare yourself so much ang agony and pain and anguish you know over the situation the universe does have a way of 
skull punching you if you don't listen to its lessons you know right exactly <laughs> i mean it, it will uh it will wake you up that is for sure but you know for for us as, as men and at least in the stereotypical world that i i live in and that i work in the circles i've i've grown up in uh it's it's just stuff that it's not talked about we just you just don't talk about it right. you uh you it, it manifests itself in other ways and we find solace in camaraderie and activities that you know uh, we enjoy but we somehow convince ourselves that these activities are what makes us a man or by playing this role and, and engaging in these types of behaviors that that makes us a man so it reinforces this idea that we're okay as tenuous as that grasp might be uh it, it helps us limp along never allowing us to fully reach our potential right right so I think that's one of the things we can really, really do and the message that, that uh, I appreciate getting to come on and talk about and, and discuss with you is, guys, we've got to, we've just got to know that it's okay, all right, and know that you that in no way, by talking about these things, by talking about pain that you've experienced or or anything that you've walked through, it doesn't, it doesn't make you less of a man. Your balls aren't going to drop off just because you admit somebody hurt your feeling. It's just, it's just not going to happen and and you've got to stop listening and believing the construct and you've got to stop listening to believing others out there outside of it who would like to there there are subgroups out there who would like you to think that because you know you have a penis you're automatically a narcissist right and that's just that's not true mm -hmm. right and and so we've got to stop listening to everything going on around us including the structure that we've created for ourselves we've got to start looking within and, and looking hard at our narratives and understanding those better and seeing how we might need to rewrite those and sometimes that takes somebody outside of us to help us see it somebody time that takes somebody you know whether whether it's a therapist or a coach uh you know i, I would have laughed at the idea of a life coach five years ago and that's the truth mm -hmm. absolutely like what do you mean fucking life coach get the fuck out of here i can figure out my own damn life right <laughs> but man man when i met with one at the at the uh, under my wife's considerable persuasion over me, mm -hmm. <laughs> she she had she had the opportunity to meet with a journey graduate, and uh, and that wasn't even I mean we didn't know anything about journey or anything. We, she had a free session that she had won as part of her work and uh, with another company, and she uh, she went to that. She said, "You got to go talk to this person and see." And I did, and wow, it just someone else just asking the right questions, asking the right questions, and getting us to to dig a little deeper in ourselves. I mean, you know, what we do, we don't, we don't tell people what to do and, and we don't, we don't give them advice. And I think a lot of people misunderstand that, especially again, going back to guys in the world that I live and work in every day, they like, they don't get that piece of, well, just tell me what to do. Well, no, that's not how this works. Right. That's not how this works. Right. Mm -hmm. You don't you're the best architect of your life. Not me. Right. <laughs> I'm just here. I'm just here to ask you the right questions get you to move forward so exactly exactly it's, but yeah there's a lot of pain there's a lot of pain we stuff down and keep inside that affects us in many ways and that's interesting about your experience uh and and finally acknowledging the hurt and how it affected you i, I applaud you for that that takes courage uh and you know when you've grown up in a, in a, in a it does it does take courage you can't and and, and people i don't want to pretend it that's real authentic courage i put that blog post up on our website at evolvecoachinggroup.com and i had a guy comment on there 
who was a retired Fort Worth Police Department veteran. And he applauded me for taking that kind of stand because I come from his world. I knew the world, you know, he was in and lived. And he said, we really need more of this. He said, I am unpacking years of living in that world and constantly having to put on this, this show of strength at times when I wasn't feeling it and it's exhausting yeah. and it's unnecessary. It's absolutely unnecessary. So. Trey, thank you so much for um, taking time today to chat and share your story. And I definitely want to have you back on again. You and Amy would be great as well. Um, you know, as the book comes to life, I, I would love to have you back on and, and help get the word out. But until then, where can everyone find you? Where can they follow you? Where can they stay in the loop with everything that you and Amy are doing? Well, thank you, Joe. We can... Uh... You can follow us on the web at evolvecoachinggroup.com. We're currently doing some revisions to our site, so there's going to get a bit of a facelift. But our blog's there. Um, contact information is all there. Anything you want to know about us is there as well. You can also follow. We are very active on social media platforms, uh, Instagram and Facebook. We do have a, a budding presence on LinkedIn, but definitely we are on Instagram and Facebook, Evolve Coaching Group. Evolve Coaching Group. Just search for that. It should come up. So awesome. I really, really appreciate the, the time and, and the opportunity to come on and talk about these things. I think it's very important. And I think you're doing a real service uh, by having these discussions. And there's not a lot of guys out there that are just openly talk about the things I think that you and I can sit and have a conversation about. So I think it's important that we, we do that and we talk about those things. Yes. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And uh, I will definitely have you back on to talk about more of these things that all the dudes should be talking about until then everybody get out there live your best life be the hero of your story thank you so much don't hang up yet <laughs> i'm gonna hit stop on all of my recording things